This is the first episode of season two of The Playbook, so we just wanted to take a minute to introduce ourselves a little bit. I'm Matt, uh, first year at MIT studying business and mechanical engineering. Before this, I served for five years in the United States Navy with a nuclear engineering background and also interested in everything sports. And I'm Zach, also studying business and mechanical engineering. I spent some time in the energy industry before coming back to school, and I love being outside with my kids. We're excited about this season where we'll be sitting down with business leaders, professors, and other individuals who have interesting insights into some of today's biggest problems and opportunities. Yeah, we're especially excited today um, to bring to you a conversation with Professor Sean Willems, teaches uh, Intro to Operations Management, really our first experience on campus. So in this conversation, you know, we'll touch on his core principles, you know, simplify and accelerate, uh, how he has personally simplified and accelerated his own life, uh, specifically his wardrobe. Uh, and we'll tackle some of the other you know, issues and challenges he's seen uh, in a lot of his consulting work um, that he's been doing recently. So here, uh, here's our conversation with Sean. Thank you for joining us today. I'm super happy to be here. So, <laughs> so we're excited to talk and ask you the questions we've been thinking about and some of our classmates too have been been wishing they could have asked. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's going to be great. So just to, just to kick it off, could you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, of course, like everything, it's a winding path, right? You know, you're like, I, uh, when I was in undergrad in Wharton, I think I was like one of the few people that actually wanted to do operations. I still don't really know why. Like, I, like I, I just, got interested in like how you build models for how like capacity should be and and so that got me hooked and then uh, I came to to MIT for my PhD and during that time got heavily sort of involved with with LGO at the time LFM and uh, and that just started the journey yeah it's that simple <laughs> and then at some point this is now I guess five years ago I there was the opportunity to come back and they needed someone to teach 761. And of course that was like the dream job to do. So it was awesome. I was super excited and, and I'm not going to give it up. <laughs> was, it, was it the dream just because you knew it so well? Uh, it was nice to reconnect with this generation. You know, like I didn't, there's a whole generation of LGO that I didn't know. Uh, and I knew this, early group very, very well. Uh, and then almost sort of two, I'd say two generations of LGO from the, in the 90s and then early 2000s, uh, but then had sort of lost, you know, touch with the students here. And so the opportunity to reconnect in, in with the students of LGO was just awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, of course, here, you know, I always think of the bounds, like, there's so much opportunity at MIT. <laughs> like, it's like, how does one actually sort of constrain themselves in the things they want to actually you know, do, uh, but there's just so much opportunity. Even in your career, you've mentioned how there's, there's just so many places to go. Yeah. So I'd like to understand that better. How do you decide what to work on, where to put your effort? Yeah, I think this is a case, I have to admit, in all honesty, where like faculty it's not always so easy to learn from faculty here because we exhibit such extreme survivorship bias. Like we, there's, uh, you know, so I, I 
when I started and I had done this multi-echelon inventory optimization as my dissertation, like a crazily narrow area, <laughs> but companies were interested in it. So, uh, so I then got to build these experiences and, and, and network with companies. You know, now I, I couldn't possibly do, the, do all the work that comes and I'm such a control freak that I don't like outsource any of it. I still just do it myself. So I just get to pick what I want. And, uh, and so that's not a good answer because like, you know, a typical LGO is like, you can make that more scalable, more profitable, <laughs> like, yeah, but no, I just, uh, I, I, I think of for all of us, there's this sort of thing about how much money do you want to make and how content do you want to be and how much time do you want to have? And that's a hard optimization problem for any person. Uh, for myself, I've gotten, been very fortunate and lucky that I've been able to do, uh, sort of find a steady stream of projects that I like and interest me, but still I can sort of do on my terms, which is the clients I work with are very forgiving that way. <laughs> so, yeah. not normal. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I mean, in terms of projects that you've been, been picking up, do you think, do you see any trends really like in, you know, in the world today that like you're kind of addressing in your work or that you think as a whole? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a, uh, you know, there, there's, I would say there's, you know, this, this journey, which I'm still trying to write up more carefully, but this journey, I, I think of sort of from data to information to knowledge to wisdom to this nirvana, like, so just the, how do you get the data? Like, how do you actually, like, that data is still such an unbelievable problem everywhere, it's still so universal. And in that journey is still like 80% of the effort. Um, but, but for me, the, if we, the, the sort of core of what I think I do is I provide simple decision support systems for people, like simple decision support tools. And what you see more and more, I'd say you know, 10, 15 years ago, that simple, what people meant by simple was like a textbook formula. And, and what you see now I think is much more how do you use the empirical distribution? Like, how do you use the environment the person's in? And build a simple model off of that, but, but actually use their data, you know, to populate real distributions instead of saying, hey, we're gonna fit that to a normal or we're gonna fit that to something else. Like, to me, it's really like, how do you take my existing data that's my reality and help me make better decisions? And that is definitely a change I've seen over time. Yeah, and then I guess to build on that, um, are there any core principles you think that you just return to over and over again, even as kind of this big data world starts to emerge? Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. This this big data world doesn't change the need for pooling and communicate more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I think of, like, for me, you know, the the big themes are always still this simplify and accelerate. And actually, as time goes on, I may have that as the only theme in 761 when we start because, because this idea of, you know, it is precisely the either you get it implemented quickly and then you can do it again or you fail fast. It's like one of the two and neither of those is bad. Uh, but I still see, I, I, I got, this is a true story, I got an email from a student of mine last week, I get lots of emails like, and it, 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 this person's like, every time you told us to not overcomplicate the problem, and I keep overcomplicating the problem. 
And I'm like, yeah, you're like too smart for your own good. So like, this is the, it's like the core problem, right? Where, where people, you know, they, it, it, it just always makes sense. You're like, hey, I could just do a little more, you know, like you've come in, here's the problem. I could just do a little more. And so suddenly you're like, you start to grow it. And I'm like, the, it's the exact opposite. Like when you go in, when you hear this great problem, you're like, how do I do less? You know, and so, uh, so my view is always the, of course we want to do it with high quality, but it's that core idea of how do we do less? And, and so that then lets us simplify and accelerate, which is exactly what we want to do. So diving into that a little bit, you get a new, a new job or a new project somewhere. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? How do you start out with something that's brand new? You don't yeah. have much experience. Oh it. yeah. Which is, you know, I, I always think, you know, you want to be intensely curious, but not annoying. Like, that's was like the boundary. And that's like a tough, that, that's like genuinely tough. Like, uh, so when I think of, when, and, and you got to gauge that to the person you're with. But like, so if you think of like a plant tour or something, I always want to look and, and basically, un, well, when you look at anything, I want to understand what are the hidden constraints? Like, what am I not seeing? What makes this hard? Because again, the core principle, people are trying to do a good job. They're at a locally optimal solution. But if they're telling you to come in and fix it, then someone must know something's wrong. So that means, okay, we have to do something better. In a way where you're not a jerk, you're trying to understand what is it about the current system that maybe has opportunity for improvement and what are the trajectories that are actually feasible for improvement. So I always like to go in and just be really intensely curious. So, you know, for me, that's always like, what's out of place? Like, what's, uh, and, and again, like in a way to do it, that's like uh, not going to be a jerk. So uh, my most recent example, I was, I was with... Uh, one of the LGOs uh, doing a, a plant tour and, and, and we, were, we were touring this production line and there were different colored trash cans. And I'm just like, why are there different colored trash cans? Like, I have no idea. Of course, I'm sitting and thinking to myself, should I know why there are different colored trash cans? I'm like, <laughs> of course I shouldn't know. Like, I have no idea. So, so I go in, I'm like, okay. You know, and, and the person's like, starts off in, in the good of a simple question like that is it demonstrates that A, you're not an expert, like B, you want to learn, and, and they can answer it. So it's not like some crazy question, right? <laughs> so we, we had a nice breaker about that. It, it, it had to do with sort of some environmental regulations about how things were, were sorted and stuff. We then go around, and, and I asked a few more of those questions, but then we get to the end, this, this sort of packaging line, just like super familiar. I've seen lots and lots of packaging lines. But on top of the packaging line, there's like a perfectly placed handle, like like a like a like a set of pliers. And I'm like, well, that must show that something's going wrong. Like this place is like perfectly clean, everything. But there's so I've built up enough credibility with this person, I can just ask in a nice way. Like, you know, I noticed those are there, like uh, you know, and and the person's like, oh yeah, you know, when the machine jams, you know, we need to jump in there quickly and, and pull everything out. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, like, these pliers are sitting on top. So this has to happen a lot. Like, you know, like, so I'm like, okay, you know, like, well, how often does it jam? You know, and I just, I carry it exactly. And it, you know, it comes out that, hey, you know, this is like, you know, every couple hours. And, and so you start to see, hey, there could be an opportunity there, you know. And, uh, and, and so I just try when I'm doing these things to, 
to always try to put myself in their shoes to, to understand this is a smart person, but like what are those hidden constraints? And I, I try to ask sort of as many questions without being annoying, like trying to sort of catch that filter. Uh, the, maybe the last piece on that is I try to go back and revisit the spots that I think are issues. Like, because, you know, you'll be there and usually, particularly when someone's explaining something to you, since they know it all and they don't know what you don't know, like they don't know what they don't know, they don't know what you don't know, like they, they tend to explain things super fast. Like, like, hey, this is just this, and then we do this, and then we do that, and you're like, it's all a blur. So I try to slow them down, like no matter what, like even if it's just to give them a second to breathe so I can breathe uh, and we can think. But when I take tours, I'm fascinated when it looks like there could be a spot where things could go wrong, then I'm like, okay, I want to come back to this. So, so I visited this auto plant, and, and cars were like steadily flowing out of these two doors but I wondered what would happen if like things, if, if anything stopped the process, like would, would they start to go the other way? And so when I asked this, the person's like, no, no, that wouldn't happen. And uh, I'm like, okay. And, and then we circle back and sure enough, we see a car go out the other door. <laughs> and yeah. I don't even have to ask it. It's like, hey, that's a, you know, I think there needs to be a jerk about it. I'm just like, ah, you know. And of course that person, because they're a smart person, they're like, Let's look into that a little more. I'm like, yeah, let's. You know, <laughs> and so, so those are the. It's it's a it's an ill-formed like, it 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 fits like the simplify and accelerate, you know, sort of fail fast thing of like I try to just sort of probe the most interesting options that are like the most target rich, and then but in a way that doesn't overburden the person. With the example of the pliers. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? Like, it'd be nice if that machine didn't need the pliers. Yes. And so are you Are you providing, I mean, they already know that machine needs to be fixed. So is, is the value you provide or we can provide when we're touring similar facilities, pointing out the obvious and giving them energy to fix it? Or You know, so I, I certainly think part of our job is to give people air cover. You know, is, is you know, people... Very often, someone knows the problem when we're there. And, and so there's that you know, classic line that a consultant takes your watch out to tell you what time it is. It's like there's, there's absolute, you know, it's, it's like I'm not coming in from on high with the answers. It's like, you know, what I can do is collaboratively model with this team and, and give them a, a sort of simple tool that will guide their decision making in, a, in sort of a repeatable way. And what you tend to see in these settings is th that there's someone who knows that, but either they don't have the bandwidth to sort of create the model or to get other people on board. So, so when I, th I do think of, you know, a key role is leadership. And if, and if I had to jump ahead, you know, what I'm always in awe of when I see LGOs, like, uh, so I... I have the good fortune because, of course, you know, I, I get to meet so many people that people and I travel a lot. So people are like, "Hey, come visit." So I'll come, you know, I'll come visit somewhere. And and whenever I see an LGO that's you know three, four years out, uh, I'm I'm always amazed by like the leadership side of what they've been able to pull together. And uh, and in fairness, that is like that's 
the classic different people are different and like, you know, LGO, that is a, I think a very, but there are also sort of common traits. I think it's, that is a, a common trait among a lot of LGOs. And, and I think it's, it's one I admire because, you, you know, I see it like I flit in places out, you know, I'm not there actually solving it on a daily basis. Like, like those people are living with it. And, and I have seen, I, I have seen some very impressive. So what, what one might think of as sort of project management, but I think of as like goal orientation. How do we sort of steer the ship to improve? Uh, that's really inspirational. Are there some other common problems that you've that you've seen that that span industries? Yeah, you know, I always think there is a you know there, there's the classic you know near term long term results like how do you want to balance you know what's the objective function and how are you thinking about balancing it? There's the the I, I always like to say you know there's this issue that you know whatever you care about, your boss cares about something else. Because if you both cared about the same thing, there'd be no reason for one of you. So, so this issue of sort of checks and balances and, and how you think about that in what you're trying to achieve. So if, if someone is interested in improving service, but the other person is, introduced, is interested in reducing cost, you know, how do you manage that tension? Uh, you know, that, that's a, a universal problem. But, you know, for me, I, I tend to think actually that most problems are more similar than different, uh, and that's actually why I, I think we can, we can have such an impact. Because you know, I always start, I, I never start ahead of time with what the problem is. I'm always like, what's the goal? Like, what are we trying to achieve? How would we define success? And, and I want to know, like, how do we define success like tomorrow? So like not, not how do we define it like six months from now, but how do we define it tomorrow? And then can we build that and get it done in three months? Like that's sort of how, that's my general framework for how I think about these things. There are definitely nuances to every problem and that's the appeal of, of I think getting to work in different settings where you know, some industries are very capacity constrained so they think about the world differently. Uh, you know, where there really is a maximum where others you know, capacity is more fungible. So in that world, if you could get people to pay more, you could make more, you know, those differences definitely cascade through the organization. But, but at a high level, you know, I try not to go in with any preconceived notion. I just try to go in and say, you know, what's the goal? What would success look like? And then try to build that as quickly as humanly possible. So we're starting a, a section of the podcast with like a you know cl question from the class. And yeah, it seems like you might already have some uh, some potential leads because our, our question was, what do LGOs who approach you for your best regulation typically ask? <laughs> so I think you've got some uh, some asks in the pipeline for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, I, I think that you know the the I think that that last part. I still think you know back to this simplify and accelerate part. You know I. I think there is this, uh, there's just this natural desire to want, you know, supreme accuracy in, in you know, when one works on things, and particularly LGOs who are smart, engineering-based, you, know, you know, it just, but, so for me, the, the trick is always, like, how to do it simpler. So, in fact, when, when I met this 
alum, you know, a few weeks back, you know, we're, we're going through this day and presenting it, and it's all very interesting. And, and basically, there's an aha moment, you know, uh, two hours in, that there really is a big opportunity to, to think about the production quantity differently in actually a way that's very simple, but management would be able to understand. And so, so literally the, the conversation then shifted, which is totally fine, to that person taking notes and writing up this memo while we were there. And, and I'm good, I'm like, let's do that in the moment. Like, let's get this done. Because what we all know is we don't have enough time. So like this person had taken the time and they were like, well, we're not gonna show these later things. I'm like, to me, we get as far as we get, you know? Like, like that's sort of the key. You don't rush past it. Uh, so take the time you need, solve it, and then move on from there. One, one thing that we wanted to get to is tell us about how you've simplified and optimized your, uh, the wardrobe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one I can do. Okay, good. The, uh, yeah, it, it happened in a, I, it, it, so this, this issue where, as you know, former students know, I, I basically just wear the exact same outfit. Uh, there's, a, there's a summer outfit, a winter outfit, there's a more formal outfit, so there's basically four outfits in total. Uh, the, uh, but, but two get worn may, way more than the others. The, at some point, I remember this, like, I do remember this part. So, so to be an operations person is to, I always think to continually try to improve in ways that are like, but most often what the common denominator I always see is people trying to optimize time. So like, if you ask an operations person, you know, do they take the stairs or the elevator? Like they will often give a very detailed answer to that question. Like, well, at nine o'clock in the morning, there's no way I'm taking the elevator because look at all the people that are there and they're hitting other floors, so I walk. You know, but at like, you know, 1030, you know, I might take the elevator if I'm a little tired that day. Or, you know, like, so you'll get an answer like that. that that's a very operations person answer. Uh, and, and so I was, of course, doing things like that. You know, at what point do you cross the street on these walks and all these other things? But then at some point it dawned on me. I'm like, why do I have all these different kinds of clothes? I have to, like, figure out, like, which ones I wore most recently and other things. And like, so then I started buying just the same clothes, the same, like, type of shirt, but in every color. So I bought, like, every color that it had. And then uh, I, I'm 100% sure this is true, but I don't remember it. I can't find it. There was this commercial, this uh, comic Kathy that in the Sunday paper, of course, this is such an anachronism now. She always wore the exact same outfit and there was a, a comic of her opening up her closet saying, what should I wear? And they were all the same outfit. And I just had this epiphany. And so I went to my wife and I said, uh, can, I, can I wear the same thing every day? And I think she said something like, well, how would that be different than what you're doing now? And I'm like, it'd be the same color. I think she's like, fine. And uh, and so uh, maybe she didn't fully realize the ramifications <laughs> of that uh, more than a decade later. But but then I just started to synchronize it more and more, and uh, and that's how I did it. And it it is it is funny because now when I pack, I can pack like in three minutes because uh, I have. I, every time I get back from a trip, I always like redo the you know toiletries bag and everything, so like everything's ready to go. Uh, but now the the clothes is a is a very simple one. So it, it's a very 
clear manifestation of it, but it's a simple policy in my mind about how do you try to save time. So I feel like I've saved hundreds of hours at this point by, uh, by wearing the same outfit. All right, Sean. Well, we wanted to thank you for taking the time to be with us. Great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. And that's it for episode one of season two of The Playbook. A big thank you to Sean. We loved getting to sit down with him and hear his thoughts. And we're excited to bring you additional conversations soon. So stay tuned. <laughs>